Mixtapes with Mike is now working in partnership with Black Circle Records, an independent record store based in Latent Buzzard. No money is changing hands, but we are going to work on some promotions together, so it would help us both out if you would take a second and follow Black Circle Records on Instagram or click on the link in the show notes to visit their website. Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. So if you're the kind of person who'd like a new mixtape every Monday, you should subscribe to the podcast, and if you've got a moment, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on. Now, this week's guest is a musician who, over lockdown, has gone through a bit of a renaissance in in more than one way. She's a member of the local music scene in the town where I live, but we've only ever met in passing. So the first time we actually had a proper conversation is when we sat down to record this podcast, and we had a blast. So this week's episode is with musician, new mother, and now altruistic cookie maker, Charlotte Lombardi. How are you? Good, good. That is a very professional intro. I'm like really impressed. Wait, well, when you've said it 34 <laughs> times for other episodes, uh, and I have said it badly. Um, oh, I'll have to find it. Well, you know, it, it just means I've had to re-record it. At that oh, time. no. So you'll never find it. I was hoping it'd be a trail. Oh no no no! I don't I don't leave the trash out there on the internet for people like you to find. <laughs> How you doing, mate? You're right. I'm good. I definitely wasn't asleep at about 23 minutes ago. So. Oh yeah, no, no, totally, totally not asleep. Um, but you have you have a very good reason for, to be fatigued. Probably the best reason to be tired, actually, in that you became mum not long ago. I did. He's the coolest. How old is he now? He's nine months. And he was away from me for the first time today, and it was horrific. Oh my god! Really? Horrifying. More upsetting for you than him? Yeah, uh, it was actually really good. It was it was quiet though, so I thought I've got to do something. So I blasted a lot of music as loud as I could to try and fill the void that was left. And then he came home, and I was waiting for him to be like, "Yeah, super excited." Nothing, just nothing. <laughs> that kid doesn't care. Does not they, care. they never give you the the love when you really need it. They're just kind of like <laughs> this. They're, they're just like, oh, it's you, is it? Oh, you again, again, it's you. <sighs> Can't I go back to that new person? They were interesting. I see you all the time. That's that's genuinely what it was. I hugged him and said hello, and he's just, where can I go that isn't here? <laughs> it's all right. It gets it gets better. Uh, my my son called me a nugget today. Oh, you're a nugget. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure how to take that, but okay. Does he like nuggets? He 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 likes the chicken variety. Yeah. Well, then I'd say it's a solid ten out of ten. Okay, there we go. <laughs> now, we've kind of sort of orbited each other a little bit, like in the in the local music scene. Um, we've got lots of friends in common, like I said. I think you went through uh, the local kind of Battle of the Bands circuit maybe a couple of years after I went through it. Yes, uh, I saw you. I watched your set, the winning set. Oh dear. But I didn't, I don't think, I think I entered and we, we got really low in the ranking when I first <laughs> first started. 
and then the next band sort of went through it well. We did all right on that one. So that was the Pressure Kids, right? Yes. Okay, so how long did the Pressure Kids go for? Never even thought about that. I don't, I mean, I mean, I mean, technically we're still going, we just don't gig. So I think our main, our main period of time was like 2009 to 2012, 13, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we stopped, we split up sort of, but then we still, we still chat. We still go, oh, we're going to hang out. We're going to practice. We had like a meetup gig and like a reunion gig. And that was really cool. There was people like standing on tables, singing the songs this close to my face. So you feel like, oh, I did all right. I did a good band. And then you stop because you're tired and you want to bake some cookies. Well, yeah. And, and, and life gets in the way. Like people, you know, like pe- people have to go off and do other things. Um, yeah. pe- people have got their, their lives to live. Sometimes the, the music falls by the wayside without that being the intention. That's what happened to me. You know, I got yeah. I got a proper job in 2012, kept playing for a bit, and then I just I had to focus on what I was doing because it was too big an opportunity to mess up. Um, I've played a couple of times since, and during the first lockdown when I was furloughed, I dusted off the loop pedal and put together some music, and uh, I did one yeah. I did one proper song. Um, which was like an old version of one of the songs from back that back then, um, but yeah. added some elements to it. And I did one joke song um, because I thought, you know, do it for, do it for the gram, and it <laughs> got nothing. It got nothing. <laughs> so it bombed. It bombed. Yeah. I'm gonna find that now. I've got tasks. I've got tasks on hand. There we go. So, and I, like we've we've had this conversation once already. And we we approached it then as if you were making a mixtape for your unborn child at that point, as if to, yeah. as if to say like this is who I am. Um, but a, a lot of times passed since then, and you you said you wanted another crack at it. Yeah, I think it was mainly because my choices changed within a week, and because I'd had so much time to think about it, and Woody was here, and the songs I was playing him weren't the songs that I'd said. It felt sort of disingenuous to have then listened to it back and go, oh, I'd better show him them songs now then, if that was mm-hmm. who I identified with at the time. But I'm a bit of a chameleon, so that it changes constantly. So that's why I've changed my dance on my mixtape. Okay, so how did you approach it this time around? Well, knowing that things with me change so quickly, I thought I'd go for something that I do try and delve into quite often. Um, and that is still very current now because it's all new artists, give or take a couple, who are fairly young okay. um, and who inspired me. So sort of like bands that I've seen or heard before I've seen them. And then when I've seen them and realised they're 16 years old and they've written this absolute banger, the whole al- album's just bangers. Just sit there like, shit, you were 16. I probably should have done better. It's, it's, it's terrible the way you compare yourself to others <laughs> isn't it it's like, a thief of joy comparison is a thief of joy but i do it fairly often in a bit of a bit of a chill way though i, I don't i'm not sad about it, it but more from a point of view of good for them kind of thing yes 
yes, it's more, it's self-deprecating because that's the way that I've always been, like in, in humour. So then the rest of it is like fair play. That's what I'm actually saying to you. Not I do them better. No, that's a good approach to take. Okay, so who's your first track by? Yeah, uh, it's by Serpent with Feet. It's nice to hear your voice again I've waited all day long Even wrote a song for you It's strange the way you make me feel With just Okay, but it's not quite Serpent with Feet, Serpent with feet is it? No, uh, it's a cover um, by Labby Smithry. I, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about the guy that originally wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, I stumbled across this video. Uh, I was searching for Serpent with Feet generally uh, and found this uh youtube clip of him doing this cover and it's just just piano um and it's it's beautiful like his voice is so there's something very magical about it and i found out that he's also um he used to be a pagan so he calls his style like pagan gospel okay so it's very spiritual very beautiful but then also there's like this 90s R&B idol vibe to it. So like Faith mm-hmm. Evans, Brandy sort of vibe to his voice. So it's, it's, a, it's a right move. Yeah, I mean, and it's a very casual performance. Like I watched it this afternoon yeah. and he's literally just sat on a sofa and you can see yeah. the equipment's kind of dotted around the room and he's got the mic with the pop shield. And like, I mean, like I've, I, I've performed music sat down with an acoustic guitar but never sat like low down on a sofa just, just chill yeah just but but like flawless like absolutely flawless <laughs> just beautiful tone and there's the, the arrangement like you say is very minimal but it, it, it made me curious about the original song so I'm gonna have to go back and check that out but this this in itself is beautiful and although this version isn't available to stream so we won't be able to add it to the mixtape proper we will link to this in the show notes of the episode so people can go out and uh, enjoy the, the whole thing but this track is uh, Bless the Telephone I love you but very soon it's time to go an office job to do while I'm writing songs for you Strange how a phone call could change your day Take you away, away from the feeling of being alone Bless the telephone Alright, moving on from Labby Serfree, who are we listening to now? Uh, Fontaine's DC Hello. someone who becomes a hypocrite In the name of money, an idiot Nah, love this band. Oh, I saw them when I was, I want to say about, I want to say four months pregnant. Um, and I managed to con my way into the balcony um, by saying I was much more pregnant than I was. So I was sticking <laughs> my belly out a little bit and being with child, let me in. So I got into the balcony right in the corner so there's no one touching me, no one in the way, no tall people in front of me. Um, and it was the loudest, loudest gig I've ever been to in my whole life. And I've been to a lot of gigs, so mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting them to be this loud. So the thing about Fontaine's DC is that they sound so authentic in what they put out. 
but they're they hop back to a different era of sort of rock music really they, they sound like 70s punk yes definitely definitely because the, and because the production's very simplistic yeah i think it's like they called their initial album dobral mm-hmm. and i'm fairly certain dobral means sort of like that spoken word that mm-hmm. that hammering vocal where there's not much happening but there's a lot being said yeah and i loved that because it, it's honing in on the big thing that makes it that signature Fontaine's thing. And there's a lot of bands doing that at the moment, sort of jumping back to what was great. And that's that's one of the bands that when I first heard them, I thought, I thought they were from the 70s. Yeah, I mean, because you get that with idols as well a little bit. There's, yeah. this, there's this simplistic rawness and very sort of concise songwriting that gets their point across in the shortest yeah. time possible and it gets such a visceral reaction from the people who go to see them live uh, not that there's been a lot of that happening but but thankfully we got to see some sort of oh. live sets on some of the festivals before all the pandemic kicked off yeah. but there's there's an honesty about what they put out that i think resonates with people because there's no bullshit no exactly i think like i always find an affinity with certain bands as well because I, straight away i heard his dublin accent and then found out the dc means dublin city and that's where half of my family are from mm-hmm. so when i hear him thinking about dublin city as well very specifically i hear my granddad telling me stories about dublin and i hear sort of my uncles telling me stories and times when i've been in dublin with all my family making me go to the pub at eight o'clock in the morning and then the fact that like Fontaine's as well, that's a, uh, is it Vito Corleone? Is that how you say it? Vito Corleone, uh, the, like the mob boss. Mm-hmm. That was his godson's name. So they've, they've kind of taken one side of my family and merged it with another side. It's like Italian, Irish, bang. So I was like, yeah. that's for me. There you go. <laughs> All right, so this track is? Uh, Checklist Reckless. What's really going on? 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 Okay, that's Fontaine's DC. Who's up next? Uh the next track is by Easy Life. Night will never stop. Reaching for some H2O. Let's wash away these boulder rocks. Drop a penny in the ocean. Start a chain reaction. Euphoric button But it's featuring a mutual favourite, uh, Arlo Parks. Oh my god, I love her. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Like honestly, I'm I, I'm rationing myself with the album because I don't want to spoil it for myself. I, I mean, on- I'd, I'd say I'd do that, but I. Yeah, I can't. I can't ration anything. I don't. I don't do well with rationing. Well, like I'm, I'm putting it on once a week, uh, and I, I've purposely sought out some other albums to to listen to. Thankfully, I've got a couple of uh, LPs for my birthday that I've got to sort of uh, unwrap and, and and listen to. But nice. it's such a gorgeous record, and she's getting so much sort of promotion and momentum at the minute, and every yeah. bit of it is deserved. Absolutely. And I like the fact that she hasn't steered away from from her poetry. It's so present in everything. So it's like the album starts with a poem 
um, I'm pretty sure there's sort of there's something towards the end that's another poem of hers. And I know that Black Dog was originally a poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's read that out somewhere. But that's the only reason I found this Easy Life song mm-hmm. is because I was sort of going down the rabbit hole of Arlo Parks and clicking on every single song that had Arlo Parks on it. So I found a few things that she's featured in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And then found this and thought, I recognise the name Easy Life. I remember um, they were playing at Truck Fest when I was there, but I think, I mean, my memory doesn't serve me correctly about why I missed those, but it's pretty important, I'm sure. I was probably asleep. Um, <laughs> but they, the guy reminds me of sort of like a British Mac Miller, but just a bit gentler, a bit softer. Mm-hmm. And that they, they also did a version of this song um, during lockdown. You know, in those snazzy videos where you can see all of them and they're yeah. all just having it and just, just vibing. And I, I kind of wish, like, I kind of wish I was 20 now. Not because I want to be younger, just because the vibe seems cool. <laughs> it seems nice. Yeah, there's, there's there's certain periods in, in music where you're just like, oh, to be that age now, to enjoy yeah. and experience all of this. Because yeah. it's... It's easy to, to look back with hindsight and see a sort of um, points in time where the music wasn't as good, you yeah. know, and then and you can see points when it really was. So there's the, there's these peaks and troughs of like, and sometimes it's not even that good music wasn't being made. It's just the the really good stuff wasn't coming to the fore because yeah, exactly. There's there, there's some commercial crap that's sitting on top of the pile. Um, and, and maybe it's a case of, you know, you've got to put the effort in to go find it at any point in time. But certainly there seems to be so much good stuff happening right now. And quite a lot of creative stuff that's been born out of the the uh, isolation. Like Arlo Parks sort of finished this record in lockdown. Yeah. You know, you've, and you've got collaborations. She, she, she seems to be really open uh, to do collaboration with people. Like she, she's done stuff with Phoebe Bridges, I saw. Um, yes, he covered. They covered uh, Radiohead. Yeah. And it was oh, what song was it? It was beautiful. I can't. Fake plastic trees. Yes. It was insane. Yeah. The vocals I, on that were stunning. See, I I also have a Phoebe Bridges problem, uh, as well as an Arlo <laughs> Parks problem. Um, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's a, it's a great problem to have. Um, so my four-year-old now knows who Phoebe Bridges is. It's like, oh, I feel like I need to do a high five. Like I, 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 like I'll put the record on. I was like, who's this? He goes, Phoebe Bridges. Oh my god! Because my son has a little brummy twang. It's quite That's funny. Adorable. What does he think of your accent? <laughs> it's just normal to him. It's, oh, yeah. it's completely normal. Uh, oh, well, the, as as we are recording, the episode that came out this week is the Dan Nightingale one, and he asked me about the accent thing because um, there's a whole thing, which I, I don't even know if you're aware of, but I was very much put on the spot and had to explain um, how, how, I've, how I still have this accent after being in England for so long. And it's a bit of a thing. It's a not it's not an easy thing to cop to because I basically um I kinda had two accents for a long time and then I had to explain why. I think that's a that's actually more normal than people would think it is though. And I don't know what the story is behind yours, but I know that when I travel anywhere and I'm there for any amount of time, I will become from that place. 
you you go on the hunt for music online quite a lot because there's quite, quite a few sort of a was it is it desktop concerts or something like that tiny desk yeah like tiny yeah it's a lot of tiny desk concert clips that you've sent me over the last year so you yeah. seem to like scout for little live performances by people i think um a lot of that is probably more like my my partner when we came home from hospital um i had no brain at this point and he would just put something on youtube on and then we became obsessed with tiny desk mm-hmm. and then obsessed with the people that came out of tiny desk and then mm-hmm. and then all of the little tangents that you can go on to discover all the different people in there and i've always loved youtube I, i think they still need to fix that whole situation where you can't leave youtube and still listen to it that is a nightmare situation but yeah i'll, I'll always search and 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 this one was was one where the video caught me and then the lockdown version caught me as well okay all right so this is sangria It's always 5am when you call me Different days, same story Hang it up and ignore me I fucking hate it when you leave Cause you got something that I need And I'm not zenning off To do this each week Alright, so moving on from Easy Life Who are we listening to now? We're listening to Jordan Rapine Never heard of him until you sent me this list. Never heard of him. No. I feel like that's an accomplishment. Like I'm, I'm really glad that at least one is one that you've not heard before, because then it feels like maybe you might discover him and like it. It's not maybe. the only one on this list that I that it was a first for me. So you're, you know, you're doing well. I like it. Okay, yeah. Um, I found him. I think it was through Six Music. Uh, thank God my new car had um, Dab Radio on it because I've discovered so much music because of Six Music. Mm-hmm. Sort of one, of the, one of the things, as well as like discovering weekly from Spotify and all of the avenues, that's a big a big one, Six Music. And um, I heard one song called uh, Eye to Eye. Um, and I, I am someone that a couple of years ago would have said, I hate jazz. I absolutely hate jazz. And I don't hate jazz at all. The majority of bands that I love are jazz influenced. Like Radiohead are heavily jazz influenced and they're sort of peak band for me. I love Radiohead. And I think it was more, I hated the idea of, of some jazz. I hate that kind of jazz where it, it hurts my brain physically when it's all over the place and I don't understand what's happening. And then people like this guy, like Jordan Raycar, who's like, I think he was 26 when I, when I first heard him. And released this beautiful like melodic jazz and i felt i instantly fell in love with it and then fell in love with everyone that i saw sort of attached to him off from that mm-hmm. he's a beautiful man oh so 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 there's a so there's a an appreciation for the the form as well or, or are you just saying it's beautiful music i i wouldn't say like no it's not it's, it's not my dude not my dude feature wise but then I'm not particularly that concerned of 
speeches. I think he's the kind of person that you'd meet and you'd speak to him and then you'd hear him and see him live and, and all of a sudden he'd look like Brad Pitt because he's just oozing this cool and he's so talented. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's the talent and the performance suddenly yeah. just magnifies yeah. the, the appeal. No, yeah. I, I absolutely get that because like you, you can see people, there, there are songwriters out there who are very potato-like and average-looking people. And that's a very cruel way of putting it. But the second you hear them sing, you're just like, wow, I want to know that guy. I want to yeah, I want to know absolutely. everything about that guy. Where does that voice come from? That sounds like it's got a story attached to it. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy how kind of sucked in you can get when the performance and the talent is so blindsided, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and I do feel like I'm, I'm like I'm doing him a disservice. He doesn't look like a troll under a bridge. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, people yeah. are gonna look at him now and just be like, he's not that bad. Calm down. Or but- they're just gonna think, wow, Charlotte's standards are pretty high. <laughs> she needs to calm down. So this track is. Uh, this is Mad World. Okay, so moving on from Jordan Rakai, who are we listening to now? We are listening to the wonderful Loyal Kana. I so want to see him live. I, I desperately want to see him live. And me, I missed out on tickets last time by, I'm sure, seconds. I say it was seconds, I don't know. Um, I only recently found out as well that his real name is Koyolana. Like, his surname is Koyolana. And now I can't say Loyal Kana properly without my brain sort of fizzing about. Like, which one is it? What's his name? Because he spoonerized his name for, for like performance purposes. It was, I think, from what I've read, which I didn't know this um, until very recently, uh, it sort of a nod to the fact that he struggled with ADHD and dyslexia as a kid. Right. So, so he did that to his name. That's incredible. I love finding little facts like that out about artists. And me, because I think a lot of the time with an artist, I know I do this, so I don't want to generalise, but if, if I find an artist that I like and they inspire me in some kind of way, I'd always try and find a connecting factor with them. Mm-hmm. Um, or, but I make up stories about them. I make them this person that I think that they are based on the very, very limited information that I have about them. Um, so to find out that he had ADHD and dyslexia really sort of changed the direction in which I was going with how I thought he was. Like to me, he's just like this super cool dude who really likes his mom, who's on Gogglebox, which is like the dream. And so, yeah, so when I found out, not that he isn't those things, but when I found out he had ADHD, I thought it gave me a different spin on his, on like his childhood and what made him. Yeah, because it's probably never, it's probably not always been as easy as things appear to be now. That's it. That's exactly it. There's, there's struggles underneath it. And I know that um, there's a beautiful um, poem at the end of his 
uh, recent album. Um, it's called Not Drowning. No, Not Waving, but Drowning. Yeah. And this first song is a poem to his mom that he's written. And the last song is a poem that she's written back to him. And I don't think he read, read it before she read it out. And you can hear him sort of reacting to it. And it's beautiful. Um, but in it, she tells the story of the fact that they lost, like she lost her husband and his dad. Mm -hmm. And I think you see, you start to see all the little struggles within all these songs because he's very sort of insular with the songs. It's very much story based around where he's come from and where he's got to now. Mm -hmm. I think I really like that about him. Okay, so this is? This is Ain't Nothing Changed. Okay, that's Loyal Corner. Who's up next? Up next is Dis. This is my daily routine Spend my hours on computer screen Now, we've spoke about this track like on, on like on chat basically like on Insta and when I heard this track I was just like this is amazing it's it's like it's like somebody sedated Weezer <laughs> That's the I was trying to find an explanation the disc and that's it you've just hit the nail on the head that's it, it it's like uh weezer and car seat headrest got two stoned yeah. and <laughs> and and wrote music that's pretty much it is it's really sort of sulky isn't it it's sulky but fun there's like a really nice and i feel like i need to be high when i listen to it yeah, it, it almost seems. It almost sounds like they're putting the minimum effort in to sort of play through this song because it. <laughs> but it's there's something about it that's so enjoyable. I don't know if yeah. it if it if it's relatable in that maybe you know there are times when you almost feel like you're slogging through a day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this yeah, is absolutely. dragging. Especially with that song because I know there's a bit, um, like towards the end where they slow it down like dun, 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 and then sort of bring it back up to speed yeah. and that all made me feel like one of those days where you're sitting looking at the time and the time's going backwards and you're just waiting for it to end but the song itself isn't a, isn't an ordeal to listen to it's very enjoyable no. but it no. feels like <laughs> it's capturing that kind of yeah. moment in time yeah. absolutely you know what though I've not listened to any of their other stuff yet so what? This is the only song you. This is the only track I've heard by them. So like, um, it, oh. It, so it surfaces every now and then on the radio, and I've got it on a couple of playlists on my phone. So it it comes up and it and because I'm listening to so much music at the minute because of the podcast, I've got a list as long as my arm of I need to listen to more yeah. of that, and I've yeah. just not got round to it yet. So right now, this song is my only reference point for them. I'm sure they, there must be differences in tempo, but right now, that's all I have in my head. I'd still think that the the, the Weezer reference is still correct. Mm -hmm. um, there's one song there called, I think that you're like, called D19. It's about the microphone. Okay. 
ordered a D19 from England and was super excited that it was going to come. And literally, that's the whole song, just about him ordering this microphone because he saw Paul McCartney using it and he wanted to use it and like write all these songs with it and it's going to be the best microphone. It turned up and it didn't work, so he had to send it back. So it's like a, a lost love letter to his D19 that he had to return. Oh, it's a, you know, the, the anticipation and the crushing yeah. disappointment. Absolutely. And who thinks to write a song about that? I always, that's one thing, like, I, I, I find it really difficult to write songs nowadays because mm-hmm. I'm happy, like yeah. genuinely happy. And I, I need, obviously need trauma, I need drama. Otherwise, I can't write. And I try and write. I really I, try to write, but it's, it, it's bad. <laughs> no, I, I I know what you mean. Like I was definitely writing more material when I was going through stuff, but I yeah. think it just means you've got to find a different approach. Because I have written bits, but I'm not churning music out all the time. But I don't play music all the time like I used no, to. No, that's true. Yeah, I think when I do think of writing music, it usually comes out like ska music now. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love ska, I love sort of Jamaican stuff. So it's like. That's that's my vibe, and that that would work with how I feel at the moment. But like I say, I think it's more the case of not even picking up a guitar. Yeah, like it, and I think it's very easy to lose sight of how valuable and beneficial playing music, even if it's just playing a song by somebody else, can be. Um, yeah, there there have been times in my life when I've been particularly stressed with life and work and I haven't touched music for ages and my wife's gone why don't you just go in the studio for a bit just plug your loop pedal in and four hours have gone by I've got no idea what time it is it's it's actually one in the morning when my wife is stood in the doorway going are you coming to bed today and I feel like I've taken tranquilizers I feel so relaxed and with you know Everyone's living a life. Everyone's got stuff going on. It's very easy to forget that. I picked up my bass the other day and relearned how to play the bass line to Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. Nice. I was buzzing. <laughs> Dancing around my living room, not even plugged into an amp. I was just like bopping away, playing the bass line, going, this loops. I'm going to spend some time in my <laughs> studio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to anticipate that. I think... I don't, the only I know that I found this band by digging out an old CD um, from Saddle Creek Records. Okay. What, so, like a sampler type thing? Yeah, so years ago I was really into Saddle Creek Records because I was obsessed with Bright Eyes. I was fairly certain that Conor Oberst was going to be my husband. Um, <laughs> and I... So I just bought this CD thinking, oh, if you see that I bought the CD, he's going to know me, he's going to ask me. No, he didn't. None of that happened. But the CD had bands like The Faint, Cursive, um, Rilo Kylie, like a bunch of bands that were all on that label at the time, and I loved it. Um, and then randomly, when I was looking through all my old stuff, I found this Saddle Creek CD, but the CD wasn't in it. So I thought, I know, I'm going to Google Saddle Creek, see what they've got going on at the minute. And I found this, and at that point, they had about 400 friends on Instagram. They were still replying to their own messages. Um, they hadn't released anything really. I think they had a couple of singles out. And I think Daily Routine might have been one of them. I think 
that's how sort of they came about for me and I bought tickets to see them mm-hmm. in Birmingham and then it got cancelled because of the seven years of lockdown that we've been in. Feels like it, doesn't it? It really does. Maybe that's it. Maybe this tune it, it and the uh, the t- the uh, the tempo of it, the pacing <laughs> of it, is reflective of this moment we're in. So this track is daily routine. So, moving on from Disc, who are we listening to now? So, the next song is by Salt. Um, this is really interesting because I heard the song itself um, first and thought, I'll dig deeper, I like this. It's got a really good driving drum track. My, my kind of drum track and um, I loved those really soft vocals um, and then I realised I couldn't find anything at all about them and it took some digging to figure out why um, and they released two albums in one year immediately after um, the George Floyd murder and the albums are heavily heavily sort of um inspired by that and it's sort of like the fight like how much strength it takes to be black when there's fellow black people being murdered by the people that are meant to be protecting them Mm -hmm. a lot of it um it's just it's just really powerful i find it really sort of inspiring and the song is really strong itself um i did find out that the guy that produces it is possibly the same guy that produces for little sims oh that's interesting I really like. There's also a London-based vocalist called Cleo Sol, and she's got an incredible voice. I've only listened to her in the last couple of weeks, but um, she is also on this, or at least um, thought to be on these tracks. And um, Michael Kiwanaka, he does some stuff on it, but I, I don't know what. I've listened to all the songs and I can't pinpoint anyone, so it's mm. really interesting. Okay. All right, so before we started recording, you said, I think you're going to like the, the, the percussion in this. You're going to like the beat. And literally, the second I pressed play on it, I could hear this sort of this 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 sort of driving clap, 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 clap. And then the actual percussion is a little bit offset. And the vocal's great in it. Still, it's, it's kind of a minimal arrangement. But there's, yeah, still, there there's still a lot there to, to be getting on with. And it, it's it's one of those it's, it's kind of circumstantial where like I've been listening to your mixtape sort of in, in pockets throughout the day, but everything you know, there's life's been going on, and then we we literally sat down before we started recording this. Like, there's two tracks I've not listened to, so I had to listen. <laughs> so I had listened to um, Soul, and I had to listen to the penultimate track as well. 
And I think I'm going to need to spend some more time with it. Like, the listener will know that I usually listen to everyone's mixtape fairly thoroughly before we sort of sit down to record, but I've just not had the luxury of time today. Yeah. Um, but the first impression of this was strong, and I do want to learn more about this artist and what's driving them, especially if, if, if there's like a... Um, like a, a social issue sort of attached to it yeah I think as well some people can say well it's it's easy to write about something that's happening now because it's not taking any inspiration to sort of come up with the idea yourself but it isn't something that's just happening now something that's always happened and it's something that they always would have been writing about and if, yeah, this may have sparked sort of the idea to write a whole album, put it out there quickly without any sort of lead up to anyone knowing that the album's happening. But it's, that's, it's sort of, I read it in an, in, um, an article about the album saying, oh, isn't it a bit on the nose? No, because but, social commentary should be coming from both sides. It shouldn't yeah, just be reported by mainstream media. It should absolutely. be documented and, and commented on by the people who are in it and experiencing it so that exactly. somewhere between the two people are hearing the truth that's that's yeah. what's important yeah i agree okay so this is this is wildfires Okay, so this is the other track that I had to listen to before we clicked record. So who's this by? Now this is Parcelou. Which I really like saying. It's pleasing to say something like that, isn't it? So... I like first impression when I listened to this. I was like, "Oh, so is, is he a French MC? But he's like rapping in in English for this track, or is he?" You know, and and but he's actually from Coventry. Yeah, so he's from Coventry. He's got Gambian roots. I know that his name Parcelou is actually his his uncle's name, who was a policeman in Gambia who was killed during like work. Um, so they named him after him. Um, but I love that he's from Coventry. I'd love it even more if he was from Birmingham. But I know he's worked with artists from Birmingham. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he's worked with JK and Millions. I know he's worked with him. And it's sort of, it's like it's like grime, but with sort of like a, more African beats in it. And there's just something more pretty about it. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's what I feel like when I listen to the song. It's pretty grime. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound sort of, what's the word? It doesn't sound too entrenched in that sort of genre. And I think the delivery, I mean, and this is going off one listen. The delivery sounds quite precise and quite, quite articulate. Whereas with yeah. grime, there's always a bit of a, a slang and a, 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 a sort of a lilt put into the delivery, you know, like... Yeah. You, you get that thing where several MCs will use similar mannerisms because they all belong to that same niche. Um, yes, that's true. Whereas this guy sounds very much sort of unique to himself. 
Yeah, I actually saw him on an advert with Arlo Parks as well. So I, I didn't realise that they were even around the same age or that they were sort of like coming up at the same time. But there was an advert, like probably like three in the morning or something, about like introducing artists. Mm-hmm. And I saw Parcelu, and then as sort of like the camera spun around, I saw Arlo Parks. This is when I thought I lived in the Truman Show. So I'm turning my TV off now. You were listening <laughs> to my <laughs> All right, so this is? This is energy. All right, so moving on from Parcelo, we find ourselves at your final track. And usually this is the point where uh, I invite the guests to talk about their creative endeavours um, to produce it to the wider world. But you've got something very local to the town we live in. Um, so I'm sorry, dear listener. Uh, I don't think she's going to be able to deliver baked goods to you in... Uh, where's, where's, where's the most interesting place that people have listened to this podcast? I have a listener in Kilauea, which is an island in Hawaii, which is on one of the most active volcanoes in the world. I don't know who they are. I I, I invite them to get in touch, either on Instagram or by emailing me at contactmixtapes at gmail.com. But I don't think Charlotte is going to be able to deliver cookies to you on the side of a volcano. I think she'd try. Just for shits and giggles. Um, but let's talk about this this uh, this little home industry thing you've got going on. So like, since we, since we last tried to record an episode, you have started baking cookies in a fairly obsessive way. Yeah which is kind of the way I do anything. Find an interest in something and then go absolutely down the rabbit hole with it. As many cookies as you can possibly make. It it kind of started, it started as just something to cheer people up. So like to cheer my friends up or just anyone. Cause I, I discovered this little recipe for cookies that was perfect for me, that, that was easy, it was quick, it's tasty. And I got to eat about 30,000 of them. Um, all during maternity leave because I needed to sort of activate my brain because maternity leave in lockdown is not cool. It's very isolating. It's very close. So I thought I need to do... You don't have the luxuries of baby mother groups to to, to, to talk to other people and, and empathise yeah. with what you're going through, you know, good and bad. Um, so like, it's... My sister just became a mother like a couple of weeks ago, right? And I just, I feel I feel a little bit bad for people who've become parents during this because they've been deprived of some of the interaction and some of the the sort of experience that 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 you need to take place when you become a parent because even when you're not confined to your house you can feel like you are when you become a parent because it's not easy like it's great and it's the most amazing thing in the world but sometimes it gets really hard sometimes it gets really amazing but to not be not to not be able to just go out and interact and try and get a little bit of like regular life back yeah i think it's got to be really challenging it's even in the smallest of ways though because i'm i'm a i'm a glass half full kind of girl mm-hmm. i want i want to try and see the good in everything but in a realistic way so if, if I ever explain anything, it doesn't mean that I think it's bad. It just means that it's happened, that it's real. That's mm-hmm. what happened and it's fine. And I, 
I don't know any different to the experience that I've had with having a baby during lockdown. Um, but I know what other people have said that they've done, or even the simple things. I don't really care about baby mom groups. I don't. I'm not. I'm not too concerned about little things like that. It's more the fact that you know I, I can't just take him somewhere that I want to go. The, the yeah. choice is taken away from me essentially. Yeah. So as much as people will say to me, "Oh, you don't want to do that. It's rubbish anyway." It's not. Not the the purpose of it isn't the fact that I want to do that. It's that I'm not allowed to. I don't have the choice. Yeah. So you but started doing this as a as a way to. As, as a project to stimulate something inside of you something to focus on something something to make and like very quickly i started getting busy in the comment section going okay when are you going to start delivering because some of the brownies that i saw photos of oh was, yeah brownies. holy shit they look good um and so it, what started off as this little project of sort of making cookies for friends you've turned into this little business right yeah it's become it's it's kind of insane like initially most of the orders that i got once i set it up i i always do things at three in the morning because my brain's going insane at three in the morning i can't sleep or i've just been woken up and i'm doing that 30 minute check of like i'm not going to sleep now just in case you wake up again sort of mm -hmm. situation so i'll sit there and i in in one night i did my food and hygiene safety assessment and I did, I set up an Etsy page, I set up an Instagram, I made a logo um, <laughs> and I, I set it all up in one evening and then woke up the next day and I had loads of followers and I had loads of orders. And I thought, shit, I actually have to go and do that now. <laughs> like, So you kind of created this fictional life that's like, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a bakery business, like yes. half believing it and then waking up to find that it was true. Yeah, honestly, I, I could have, it could have been a dream for all I knew. Like if I'd have just not pressed save, it, I would have just woke up and gone, might do that one day actually. But instead I woke up like, oh, I've got to bake 87 cookies today. Wow, that's a good start. Yeah, it was, it was, it was legit. It was really quick and it's still going. Like it's tapered off a little bit now. Like, but for the first, uh, like solid two months, I was baking every single day. Mm -hmm. And my fella had to say, sit down, have the day off. Like you've got like a seven month old baby at that point, you know, you need to chill out at some point in your day. Yeah. But it was, it was really cathartic, like making them lovely and knowing that when I was making them, most of the people that were ordering them were ordering them for someone else to cheer them up, make them happy, like something had happened. And there were a few occasions where people would message me like something really bad's happened to my friend. Um, I want to do something for her. What can you do? And I just said, I, they'd tell me the situation and I didn't feel like I could charge for that because I'm the worst businesswoman in the world. So I'd just say, look, you pay for the postage. That's it. I can't, I can't make money out of her bad situation. Take the cookies. Mm -hmm. And without meaning to, that then sort of escalated it further out. Yeah. Because people were like, not that they wanted to come and get free cookies, but more that they thought, I know this is going to cheer someone up. It's going to make someone's day because it's something they're not expecting. It's bright, it's colourful, got animal print. Who doesn't love that besides Sunny? <laughs> besides our mutual friend, <laughs> the massive goth Sunny. Um, <laughs> I, I implore you, dear listeners, to work your way through the back catalogue to listen to the Sunny Randwa 
uh, episode. It is good. It's a, it's a good listen. Um, but he is an odd person. Um, well, I mean, like, I, I, I ordered cookies from you for Valentine's Day because it, it's... When, you, when everyone's stuck at home, it's nice to do something that brings the outside world in. Yeah. And, and, and that happens at loads of, in loads of different ways. That's, that's why online businesses are thriving right now. Um, you know, some morally questionable, some other just online businesses. But um, in a world when everything is kind of mundane because we don't have many options right now, it's a beautiful thing to bring the, the outside world in. And it was it's it was so nicely packaged as well. Like the bag, the label, the extra little packet of sweets that you just chucked in the bag as well. Like the whole thing becomes a gesture. Yeah. And, and nice gestures are really important right now. So it's kind of it's kind of this past the positivity on kind of industry that you've got going on. And I, I absolutely understand why it's been so successful because you're giving something to people you're literally delivering something to their door which these people might not even realize they need especially if it's been sent to them by someone else yeah and i think i'm really really passionate about um sort of inclusivity and so i will make cookies for people that are gluten intolerant i'll take ingredients out if they can't have them i'll add ingredients in i'll do swaps and I won't charge extra for those things because I don't think it's fair. It doesn't seem fair to me that, say, someone who's like a celiac um, would have to pay more because the ingredients cost me more. And mm-hmm. that is why I'm a shit businesswoman. Because <laughs> I just can't do it. They're like, let me know how much this costs. Like, someone asked for some diabetic cookies. Mm-hmm. So I made them from like almond flour with like chocolate that had no sugar in it. What is the point of that, by the way? Um, and without any sugar, with sweetener, and they were amazing. And they cost me way more than I got back from the actual cookies. But it's, I think it's just more more the fact that I thought, right, you don't get to just go to the shop, in the corner shop, and grab a, like a bar of chocolate when you feel sad. So now you can go to the freezer, because you can freeze them, get one out, put it in the microwave for 20 seconds, and you're in cookie heaven. I just like to bring that in. While there is a very, very noble sort of effort made on your part, the crude businessman inside me is thinking it's actually a very clever marketing move. <laughs> and I know that's not the intention. No, but, no, I see what you're saying, yeah. But, but, really. the, the, but the word of mouth that, that will take place because you go that step further and they didn't ask you to, yeah. You know, I th- I think that's going to serve you really well because you're actually you're catering for 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 a need that they they the recipient not they take it for granted that they're not always going to have their needs met because their yeah. situation is very very unique to them. So they they have to go further to find the things that they can enjoy. Whereas you're doing it on their behalf and, and del- literally delivering it to their door, insane. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, there's no selfish deed there, isn't there? Because I get a lot of good, I get a lot of good feelings out of it. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's that, that's a very positive currency to be trading in, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Okay, so who's your last track by? So I know the theme of the whole uh, mixtape has been sort of like young new artists, 
but due to the circumstances surrounding this, I chose MF Doom. So yes, I had to close with a tribute to MF Doom. Um, mainly, I got into MF Doom because of my fiance, who is the most obsessed with MF Doom I've, I've ever known in my life. I've never known someone so obsessed with something. He can tell me any fact about MF Doom, about anyone that features with him. Um, and this track uh, features a guy called Mr. Fantastic. And again, sort of linking to the Salt song. Um, I don't think people know who Mr. Fantastic is. They sort of played with his vocals and sort of mixed them and twisted them. So you're not quite sure who it is or who it could be. And he doesn't reveal himself. So I love that kind of mystery in it. And I love um, all of the samples of the M.M. Foom's work. And when he died on Halloween, my fiance was genuinely mortified. And he's not like that about people that he doesn't know. Yeah, it's 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 a sign of the the impact someone has on a genre when so many people just go, I, I can't believe this. This doesn't make sense because he yeah. he wasn't old, you know. Like he, you know, he no. and and then to find out that he actually passed away quite a while ago, yeah, months before it was announced, October, and then all yeah. of a sudden it just gets announced that he's gone. Yeah. Like it's so abrupt, yeah. you know. Like, you know, with with five from Tribe Called Quest, you knew he was ill. You know, yeah, yeah. He had a transplant, and like he he hung him for a, for a good while longer, and there was and there was material that came out sort of posthumously. But with Doom, it was just like, oh, by the way, your favorite MC's gone. Yeah. And and I, like, I I got and I, I got into MF Doom pretty late. Like he, I I was introduced to MF Doom by a, a previous guest, Matt Lloyd, who I work with massive hip-hop head i was just like who should i listen to he's like have you listen to doom I was like nah what album <laughs> um and so he gave me an album to listen to but then i discovered the danger doom record oh yes danger doom that is like, so good I, I heard sofa king and i was like oh my god that beat is amazing <laughs> and like my mother asked me what i wanted for my birthday and uh, Black Circle Records, who helped me out with my sort of giveaways, they had a copy of Danger Doom in stock. And I just sent her the link, get me that. But my mum can't w- work PayPal. So the, the record never materialized. No. But um, I'm going to have, yeah, I'm going to have to purchase it myself if it's still yeah. there. Because like, oh, it, it's a bit, I don't know, is it a cynical thing or is it a... Is it just a sign of the times when, like, when a big influential artist passes away, all of a sudden the physical copies of their stuff becomes like rocking horse shit? It does, yeah. I think I, I don't know. I don't see it that way. I see it as just like you say, we consume so much. We we search for music, and you get given so much music to listen to, and so many fans that people say, "Listen to this. This is amazing. This is what you need to listen to." But it's then hard to choose out of those things what you want a copy of. Like mm. I can't spend all my money on the amount of records and CDs that I want to buy. I just can't. So I have to be selective. Think, okay, do I really, really, really want this? Am I going to listen to this a lot? So I think when someone does die that's when you go I, I need that now I, ne- I need to listen to that in its physical form I need to flick through the little lyrics book I need to find out all the little parts of it 
Like Scotty didn't need to do that because he literally owns everything. Mm -hmm. T-shirts as well. <laughs> All bought by me. It's Christmas and birthdays. I'm just like, I know what to get you. Yeah. And, and I hope, I hope there's material in a vault somewhere that will get drip fed out over the next few years. You'd like to there's think there's something. something. You'd like there's to God. think. Because I mean, like, what else happened? Like, we, we we had new Gangstar stuff in the last 12 months, you know, which no one was expecting, but was so happy when it when it did. You know? So, like, hopefully there is some material somewhere that will find its way out. I think because we don't know, like, what happened as well. I don't know how he died. So if it's something that, you know, they knew was happening, maybe they did just push something aside and keep it in mm. and say, right, next year drop this which I would love and it's a very MF Doom thing to do or maybe he's not dead because that's a very MF Doom thing to do as well he's just going to live on the island with like Elvis and Kurt Cobain they've all gone alright so what what track have you picked to end on I've picked Rap Snitches Mishes thanks so much for coming on Charlotte I've really enjoyed this Thank you. Telling all their business, sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label center for years. Tight profile, low, like eight and paid in full. Attract heavy cash, cut the games in triple, Mr. Fantastic. Long though, like elastic. Got my life with twin clocks. That's made out of So that concludes this week's episode. I'm really grateful to Charlotte for coming on. I had a lot of fun talking to her. So much, in fact, that we actually missed one of the songs on the mixtape she submitted. So I'm just going to have to get her back again. Uh, any excuse. Uh, and also, it's the second time we've recorded an episode. And we went off on loads of little digressions. And we actually skipped past something very crucial about her home baking business that I think is worth you knowing. Charlotte has committed to giving a percentage of her profits to a charity by the name of Pandas, which aims to support families who are dealing with the effects of postnatal depression, both the mothers and the fathers, which is a very noble cause indeed. And just such a selfless gesture on her part. Uh, I mean, you, you've already heard, it might not be the most economically sound business model, but there's a lot of genuine heartfelt intent behind it and then to find out that she's also committing some of her turnover to this wonderful charity just speaks volumes about charlotte as a person so if you are listening to this and you are local to the tamworth area please check out char's cookies and the pandas charity links to all of those wonderful things in the show notes but for now i'll see you next week for another episode of mixtapes with mike you know what I'm saying? It's terrible crazy, man. I'm just analyzing this whole game. It's just bugged out, man. Niggas snitching. Telling on their own self. It's a horror, Fuck man. around. Don't get anybody bag, man. Trust me. Fuck around. Get your mama bag, man. You know your grandma used to be bootlegging. Fake hustling, nigga. <laughs> <laughs>